Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello Cosmos Country, on this week's episode of First Team Podcast, I will review the New York Cosmos 2-0 victory over Michigan Stars FC in the NPSL Members Cup, look ahead to the biggest match in North America this weekend, which is Detroit City FC versus the New York Cosmos, and um, massive news from the NPSL regarding the 2020 season, a lot of clubs want to play a longer season, they might finally have that and their wishes might finally be answered. So I will get into that later in the show. And as always, you can email the show. You can tweet us and uh, message us on Facebook at First Team Pod. Follow us on Twitter at First Team Pod. And you can always email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. The New York Cosmos beat Michigan Stars FC by a score of 2 to nil. Great victory at home in front of the home crowd, in front of the five points. Um, and the New York Cosmos are continuing their winning ways. That marks the third consecutive victory. And so far, the Cosmos are undefeated in the MPSL Members' Cup with four wins and one draw. This weekend, the New York Cosmos hit the road to take on Detroit City FC at Keyworth Stadium. That match will be played on September 21st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to go with the New York Cosmos victory. I think the Cosmos are going to continue uh, their winning ways. My score prediction is 2-1 New York Cosmos against Detroit City FC. I want to spend some time talking about Detroit City FC fans because I feel like a lot of Cosmos fans are biased and fans of their respective clubs are loyal and they have their club's best interest at heart. I truly understand that Detroit City FC fans have that loyalty. They have this connection with their club. But there comes a point where you need to sort of understand what's going on in U.S. soccer and sort of escape your club loyalties, which I think I do it and we do at First Team Podcast on Twitter, on our website, firstteampod.com, and on the podcast, especially when we bring on guests that maybe we don't agree with or that are bringing something new to the table and bringing a new discussion to the podcast. A lot of Detroit City FC fans on Twitter, they're always triggered, right? So on First Team Podcast's Twitter account, at First Team Pod, we were tweeting with uh, the Chattanooga FC supporters podcast, right? And um, they tweeted a photo. One of their co-hosts tweeted a photo or retweeted a photo and tagged First Team Podcast with this graphic. And it was all the leagues that the Cosmos were a part of, right? You have the NASL, you have the modern-day NASL, you have the Founders' Cup, and then you have question marks, as in what's going to be the future league 
that the Cosmos are going to kill. I responded to that with the First Team Podcast Twitter account. Nothing's funny about that. The Cosmos brand is very important for U.S. soccer. We shouldn't wish for clubs to go out of business, but work for them to reach the highest level and be the best they can be. And at first, still going back and forth with the podcast that CFC built. That's what they're labeled on on Twitter, the 423 Soccer Pod. And they were on First Team Podcast. So then they said, oh, come on, it's just banter. We're just messing around, basically. And then I sort of came back and said, I do understand that. And it comes with the territory, right? As a Cosmo supporter, we always get made fun of. There's always hate on First Team Podcast. There's always people criticizing my opinion and Cosmo supporters' thoughts about the club and about the current state of U.S. soccer. And then the next day from that tweet, so that tweet was September 16th, waking up on September 17th, you have dozens and dozens and dozens of Detroit City FC fans coming at First Team Podcast on Twitter, and I'm not looking for sympathy or I'm not looking for uh, people coming and saying, well, your opinion's right. What I'm trying to prove a point on is that there are fans in U.S. soccer and not just in Major League Soccer that don't understand the current state of U.S. soccer. They don't understand the current state of the game. So Detroit CDFC fans, they think just because they're a big club or were a big club in the MPSL because they're not going to be in the MPSL for that long because they're joining NISA in 2020. But they probably believe that just because they have a couple thousand fans in their stadium that they have a bigger brand or they have a bigger club or a better history than the New York Cosmos. A lot of the Detroit CFC fans were taking shots at the Cosmos, were taking shots at the podcast about what I was putting out there, that a lot of people believe the notion, and that's what I was trying to put out there, is that people think that the Cosmos equal clubs being killed, clubs going out of business, but that's not the truth. The truth is the system is killing not just the Cosmos, it's not just hurting the New York Cosmos, it's hurting every single club in U.S. soccer. It's even hurting Detroit City FC because they can't be promoted to the highest level. They can't work their way up on the field to get to the first division. If that's Major League Soccer, if that's NISA, if that's NESL, whatever the first division would be in a pro-rel structure. They need to pay their way to get to the professional ranks or the professional sanctioned ranks by U.S. Soccer. And they're getting there by paying their way to NISA, paying high six figures every single year to be in NISA. But the Cosmos, a history that I'm proud of, I think a lot of Cosmos fans are proud of the history of the New York Cosmos, but a club, a big club like the New York Cosmos, they're being driven to be this way because with the lawsuit, the Cosmos can't do much. We can't join Major League Soccer, and why would you want to? You can't join USL because USL doesn't want us, and why would you join USL? Rocco, according to people that I've been speaking to, Rocco wants to join NISA, but because of the lawsuit, he's even asked his lawyers if it's possible. It seems like it's impossible with the current lawsuit. So it's not just the Cosmos that are having uh, their ability to improve their club, to improve their 
market, right, to improve the people in their market with soccer. They can't bring a higher level of soccer to the area because we're being sort of thrown out of the professional game because there's nowhere to go. We can't go to Major League Soccer. We can't go to USL. They don't want us, right? And as a Cosmos supporter, I wouldn't want the Cosmos to join Major League Soccer or join USL. So basically, it's just NPSL, the Members' Cup, or NISA. You have a Detroit City FC fan that tweeted, that replied to that tweet, how exactly does a club, not just an investor or a franchise, reach the highest level of U.S. soccer? But that's what I'm trying to say is that these fans, these people in U.S. soccer, stakeholders, they don't understand what's going on in U.S. soccer. How exactly does a club, not just an investor or a franchise, reach that highest level of U.S. soccer? What I was trying to say in that tweet was, we shouldn't wish for clubs to go out of business. No matter if you hate the club or not, I'm not a big fan of Detroit City FC, but I don't want to see them go out of business one day. But we should all work for each club to have the ability to reach the highest level and be the best they can be. And that's within a promotion and relegation structure. And that's what I was trying to say. But then you have Steve coming out and saying, how can an investor or a franchise reach the highest level? Well, you can reach the highest level in an open system. And that open system is going to come about, hopefully, once the North American Soccer League wins the lawsuit and the professional league standards are striked down. And once that happens, the U.S. Soccer Federation can sanction U.S. professional leagues, and that opens the door for promotion relegation because there will no longer be a PLS, the professional league standards that states that at a certain division, you would need stadium size and the... Um, Owners have to have a certain amount of money, have to have a certain net worth. In my opinion, I think the PLS hurts the game. I know you probably do have to have a set of rules that state that an owner, even in a promotion relegation structure, I think you still need to have some requirements where you have to have a certain amount of money to own a team, if that's your own money, if that's a sustainable club. So there is ways around it, but I don't think in a pro-rel structure these rules should be um, very strict because the whole point of promotion relegation is to have grassroots clubs be able to move to the highest level possible. The MPSL had some big news this week, and that big news is that they have announced a new season to begin in 2020. The National Premier Soccer League is proud to announce a new season that will begin play in 2020. The new season will run in two segments, spring and fall. The spring segment will begin in early March and continue through late April, breaking from May through mid-August for the existing NPSL summer season. The fall segment will begin in late August and continue through October slash November with playoffs, including a national championship game taking place in November. The spring slash fall season will not overlap with the summer season. There will be a separate schedule and standings table for each season. Teams that participate in the spring slash fall season will be required to participate in the existing summer season as well. MPSL Chairman Kenny Farrell had this to say on the announcement. We are excited to offer our members, players, staff, fans, and supporters the highest level of amateur soccer available 
in the United States. This season fills a great need in American soccer. A longer season will provide more opportunities for our players, while teams will benefit from a year-round presence in their market. The spring-slash-fall season will have increased standards with regards to stadia, staffing, budget, and referees. This will result in a higher level of play and competition on the field. There are many talented players that want something beyond a summer season, um, said the MPSL Managing Director Sidney Spera. This season fills a gap, offering players a longer season that will provide additional opportunities for development and exposure. Players that compete in the spring-slash-fall season will be amateurs or unpaid professionals. The season will remain under the sanctioning of the United States Adult Soccer Association and will not be subject to professional league standards. The United States Adult Soccer Association are fully supportive of the NPSL's plans to introduce additional seasons in 2020, said uh, the USASA Executive Director Duncan Riddle. This will allow players and fans more opportunities to play and support their local teams. Teams participating in the spring-slash-fall season will be announced at a later date. Teams will be required to apply for acceptance to play in the new season and will be vetted by NPSL staff based on the increased standards set by the league. For more information and frequently asked questions regarding the new season coming in 2020, please visit npsl.com slash 2020 dash seasons. I think the NPSL, they put it out there. They said the day before this announcement, they said tomorrow we're going to have a big announcement on Sirius XMFC. And I think the NPSL has to understand that their main talkers, right? So in marketing, especially in the NPSL and in lower division soccer, your talkers, your marketers, your just the people that are spreading the word is your fans. So I think the NPSL should have partnered with fan media, partnered with lower division media that cared for their league and cares for the league on a daily basis. And they should have worked with them instead of working with Sirius XMFC because number one, Sirius XMFC is a pay to listen platform, right? So if you don't have that radio system in your car or you don't have it online and you don't pay for it on a daily basis, then you're not going to listen to Sirius XMFC and you're never going to hear the news from the MPSL. And yeah, they released their press release and they released it on their website. But I think there needs to be more outreach from these clubs with local and um, media outlets that care for what they're doing. And I think that was a massive mess up in the beginning when they were like, oh, big announcement tomorrow on Sirius XMFC. And let's just say half their followers don't have Sirius XMFC or don't have Sirius XM in general. How are you going to listen and how are you going to hear the big news? So moving on, yeah, I think this announcement on one hand is a good thing, right? Because... You have to understand that the MPSL was fighting, I guess, with themselves because they have this summer season and it is successful to a certain point, right? A lot of 
clubs want to join. And I think they already expanded to two or three more markets for 2020 and probably more as well in the near future. They are successful so far regarding the summer season. But then there are certain markets and certain clubs that want to play a longer season. You have Detroit City FC, you have Chattanooga, you have Miami FC. Those clubs are joining NISA. The clubs that wanted to play a longer season are now not going to be involved in the NPSL. Atlantic City FC of the NPSL, they released a statement the day of uh, the announcement from the NPSL just stating that they're excited for this announcement, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here. They're excited for the announcement, they're happy for it, and they want to be involved in it. But that's not an official application to join this new structure because as the NPSL stated, there's going to be more vetting, higher requirements. So I guess bigger stadiums, better referees, maybe better production off the field, maybe better streams, maybe hopefully a TV deal one day. So there's a lot of requirements for this new structure. And I hope that's going to improve the quality of play. That's going to improve um, the whole product on and off the field. But the part that I think makes a lot of people confused is that they're going to be playing a spring season. So they're going to be playing from March right up until the summer season, the traditional summer season. So I think they're going to run from March to April. And then they're going to stop this longer season and they're going to take a break and then they're going to play a summer season. So the traditional summer season. And then they're going to have a championship from the summer season and then they're going to play a fall season. So then I guess they're going to play from, let's just say, late August, early September. And then they're going to run that until, I guess, October, November. And then they're going to have another championship and crown another championship of that league. So I think what the MPSL is doing is one thing that they're doing right is they're expanding their schedule. They're adding more matches and they're adding the ability for teams to operate longer in their markets and open up their stadiums and play more matches and have their players for longer, which is a great thing. But then you have the regular summer league teams, the NPSL Classic Season Clubs, they rely on college players, right? So you have a lot of clubs and a lot of markets that play in this structure because they only rely on certain players and maybe in their market they can only draw people when it's nice and hot outside, right? So I think what's wrong with the NPSL is that I think a lot of people bought into it because it's a great model and they know when they're playing and they know when they're not. And that might sound really stupid, but it makes sense because they know when they're having their season and then they have a decent amount of time as an off season. And yeah, that's not ideal, but it's more time for the club to say, Hey, let's fix our merchandising. Let's get better kits in. Let's get better players. Let's get a different coach, for example. So it gives clubs more time to adjust their operations on and off the field. But I think also the MPSL, by moving to this longer season or having more seasons or second season in the MPSL, I think what they're doing is they're just, by adding more seasons and adding more games, they're making their competition worthless. They're making their competition not worth anyone's time, not even the players, not, not even the clubs or the staff, because they're adding another season with no prize money, with no added exposure or attention it probably comes with more money to join 
So, say if you're a MPSL Summer League team, do you have to pay an expansion fee to be part of this higher league? Is there league fees? Do you still have to pay the Summer League fees yearly? Five, I think it's $5,000 a year. So, do they have to pay, let's just say, another 5000 for this longer season? So, is that ten grand a year? Or is it just the same fee? They're a member of the MPSL. They're just playing a longer season. What the MPSL should do, because their summer season is going to become irrelevant. And that's the main problem for me with this announcement, is that it would have been cool if they would have just said, hey, we're having a longer season. It's going to run from the spring. We're going to have a spring season, and then we're going to have a fall season. And those clubs are not going to participate in the summer season, maybe they would field a reserve team, but their first team, their A team, is going to participate in this new league. And the summer season is for clubs that want to join, that want to grow, and that maybe want to participate in that longer season. So they give clubs the option to participate in the summer season or participate in the longer season. But what they're doing now is they're saying, we're having a spring and we're having a fall season. But then those clubs have to participate in the summer season. So then, for example, right, let's just say in the summer season, let's say that there's like 10, 10 games about, maybe more, say 12 games, and um, say the Cosmos make it to the playoffs. So that's what, maybe two or three more games for the playoffs. So I'll just say 12 regular season matches plus three more matches. That's 15 matches. And then... That's not even including preseason matches. So let's just say that the Cosmos play three matches in New York City for preseason. Play some colleges, maybe play some local teams. So that's three matches. So then now you have 18 matches. And then you have spring and a fall season. So how many matches will you be playing in, what, two months before the summer season comes around? About five to ten matches. So at the end of your season, at the end of the 2020 season... If a club is participating in the spring, in the summer, and in the fall seasons, they will play well over 30-something matches, for sure. That's a great thing. But my problem is that the competition is not mainstreamed. It's um, It's not all together. It's more confusing for a lot of fans and maybe for a lot of neutrals. And you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't complicate your league. You shouldn't complicate your structure. You should make it more accessible. You should make it much more easier for people to watch and to enjoy and to follow. You have fans on social media saying, it's just like the UPSL. This new structure is just like the United Premier Soccer League structure. And that's sad. The only difference is that the MPSL, I guess, has more credibility, maybe, and um, they're adding their summer league in the middle of it. And then on the other hand, you have clubs that participate in the summer league, that might want to join this higher league in the MPSL, but they rely on college players right now. So then what's going to happen when it comes to rosters? And I know the MPSL said that, I guess, clubs can change rosters, can change players on the roster, and that's probably what might happen because a lot of clubs in the MPSL rely on college players. So they have college players come from all across the country. The top college players play in the MPSL. And... um. They play when they're not playing college soccer, of course, in the fall. But then, if you're playing in the spring, before the summer season, 
you can't use college players because they're still in college. And then that's why the NPSO ends before the end of summer because they're going back to college and they're going to play soccer there. So then you can't have the same players that might be on the summer roster playing in the fall. And I know the league said that it's unpaid professionals. There was a player, I think, on Instagram that responded, that replied to the NPSL and said, unpaid professionals, question mark. And I think he has a point. What's an unpaid professional, right? A professional means you're getting paid to do what you're doing and the thing that you like because you're the best at it. So if someone's the best at it, at that certain trade, at that sport, at whatever, at soccer, and they're not getting paid, then they're not a professional. They're just a great player that can't be paid because they're at a level that doesn't pay them. The teams, the owners, probably have the money, probably can pay them. You have Kingston Stockade owner Dennis Crowley that put out there how much it actually costs to maybe pay a whole roster and it probably is a lot of money, but in the NPSL, they have very tight um, requirements when it comes to expansion. When it comes to twenty grand to join, 5000 a year, you have to have a certain budget in um, the NPSL on a year-to-year basis. Travel could be insane for some clubs in certain regions. If you make it to the playoffs... You have to travel across the country. So in the MPSL, and don't get this twisted, in the MPSL, I think the owners have the money, but they operate at this level because I think it's low investment, right? It's not throwing a lot of money at a USL club. It's not throwing a couple million dollars at a USL or NISA club. It's throwing maybe six figures, for example, maybe five to six figures every summer. If your club is not self-sustainable. But throwing a decent amount of money to normal people. At a club. That's probably not making that much money every summer. That's what it's all about. For the NPSL. Their selling point. Their pitch to, to future clubs and investors and expansion clubs. Should be make your club sustainable one day. And we're going to create a model. Hopefully. With this um, spring and fall seasons. With the summer season, where there's prize money, where there's more sponsors, where maybe there's some sort of streaming deal where where we share the money or something like that, where you give more freedom and, and you give more back to your member clubs rather than your member clubs paying the league a lot of money and then they're playing more matches and they're opening up their stadiums more days, which means spending more money, right? They're not paying their players and then they're traveling more because they're playing a longer season. That adds up, and they're not getting anything back in return. And yeah, these clubs can sell more sponsorships, and they can sell bigger sponsorships because they're playing a longer season. So I think from a club point of view, there most likely is the ability to make more money year to year because they're playing more matches. There's more ability there's more time and there's more opportunities to maybe sell more merchandise or order more merchandise and then sell more merchandise and play more matches and, and open your stadium and just grow your brand and grow your club. I'd like to get your thoughts on um, this announcement from the MPSL uh, regarding the 2020 season. A lot of fans on social media have been asking, will the Cosmos play in 2020 in this uh, 
MPSL new structure or even in the MPSL summer season, which is labeled the MPSL classic season. We have an article and um, Chris Kilvon, um, he, um, he interviewed Kevin Farrell from the MPSL. He said, Miami and New York worked with the USASA, which is the United States Adult Soccer Association, and the insurance companies in Rocco and Ricardo Silva to get them waived. They're talking about the strict lines between having paid professionals and non-paid professionals or amateurs may not be able to happen again in 2020 as it was in 2019. He said it took quite an effort to get them on the field. Rocco was brilliant and signed off letters that protected the league from issues. I can't see it being extended into next year. I can't see it being extended into next year. I am fully supportive of the Cosmos, and we have open lines of communication. Miami has already moved to Nisa, so that is not a problem for them. It is out of our control in terms of the Cosmos. We will keep a dialogue with the Cosmos, and if they want to play in the league, we will be all about it. If not, we will respect their decision. So in my opinion, I think the Cosmos, they need to be on the field in whatever way is possible. We don't want to see the Cosmos go uh, dormant, take some time off until we get a resolution from the uh, courthouse, from the lawsuit, from the judge. You want to see your club, the club that you love, the club that I love, the New York Cosmos, stay on the field in whatever capacity that is, even if... The brand is taking a hit, and there's not that many people going to the games as there was in the NASL days. You have this big brand, this big club in New York City playing in one of the biggest cities in the country and in the world, and they're playing in a market where if you don't promote yourself, if you're not marketing, if you don't tell people about you, then no one's going to know about you and no one's going to come to your matches. So going off of Kevin Farrell's um, quotes here, it doesn't mean that the Cosmos are not going to play in 2020 in the MPSL in any capacity, but I just think Rocco has the club's best interest at heart. And I said this earlier, I said that where do the Cosmos go? Even with the pending lawsuit, where do the Cosmos go? What do they do? I would love to get your thoughts. You can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com, Twitter, firstteampod, Facebook at firstteampod, and check out our website, firstteampod.com. What I would do, I would stay in the MPSL, sadly, um, until we get some sort of resolution from the lawsuit and we can move forward hopefully from there. I would love to get your thoughts on uh, the current state of the New York Cosmos and what would you do if you were the owner of the New York Cosmos or even as a fan. You want the best for the club. Rocco, for sure, wants the best for the New York Cosmos. So please send in your thoughts. I will read it out on next week's episode of First Team Podcast. And um, I tweeted out earlier this week that... um, Dennis Crowley, the owner of Kingston Stockade FC, was supposed to be a guest on this week's episode, um, but because of um, some circumstances on my end, uh, it just couldn't happen. So he will be on next week's episode of First Team Podcast. So if you have any questions for Dennis Crowley, you can send them in using the hashtag AskDens. That is Ask D-E-N-S. And I will try to read out as many as possible. We would talk about a whole bunch of things regarding the MPSL, especially the news coming out this week. Big news, really big news from the MPSL, where they're going to have that split season. They're probably not calling it that, 
but that's why I'm going to label it split season, spring and fall season in the MPSL with their uh, traditional summer season. So we're going to talk about that, talk about Kingston Stockade, talk about the current state of lower division soccer. So if you're looking forward to that, stay tuned. It will be out next week, early next week as well. So please stay tuned um, for that one. And um, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of First Team Podcast. I really appreciate it. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Let's get the three points in Detroit against Detroit City FC. And let's silence their fans once and for all. So thanks for tuning into this week's episode of First Team Podcast. I really appreciate it. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Benedict Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is the rap from the kid attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, holding back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Effects you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like Shouting cues allowed to you without them dudes. Around my crews, I'll check the desk, no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless at the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.